Matthew chapter 6, we're uh, still looking at the greatest sermon ever, preached the sermon on the mount, and for the last few weeks, the Lord Jesus Christ has been dealing with the issue of our priorities, and we've looked at the motives behind our praying and our fasting and our giving, and now he's been looking at the priorities in our lives and what we put first, what we treasure. Last week we looked at laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven, not putting our emphasis and our, um, our effort into the things of the earth which can rest, which can fade away, which can be stolen, which can be corrupted. But we are to focus our efforts on eternal things, heavenly things, heavenly treasures. And in verse 22 and 23 of Matthew chapter 6, the Lord Jesus Christ continues to expand on the issues of priorities and treasure. He says in verse 22 in Matthew 6, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. Father, we thank you again for this day and this time together, and we pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight, Lord. We pray that you would help us to understand your word and to apply it to our lives. And again, Lord, we pray that if there is one in this building tonight that has never trusted Christ as their Savior, may they recognize their lost condition, that they are without hope in this world, and they are certainly without hope in the world to come. May they come to know Christ as their Savior tonight before it's too late. Father, we pray that you would help us that you would give us an understanding heart of the scriptures, that you would help us to apply this word to our lives, and that we might have the right priorities as we seek to serve you. Yes, we recognize we are in the world. Yes, we recognize there are things in this world that we need. Uh, but Lord, that is not our focus. Our focus is upon eternal things, heavenly things. That's what our treasure is. And I pray that we would have that singleness of mind, that we wouldn't have a double vision, as it were, uh, so that the world clouds our spiritual view. Uh, and Father, we just pray that you would help us to keep our eyes fixed firmly upon the Lord Jesus Christ, especially as we see these days uh, getting worse in front of us. So Father, we pray now you'd speak to our hearts in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, um, how many of you remember, this is going back a while now, how many of you used to have, um, I don't even know how you describe it, a, 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 a non-automatic camera, then let's put it that, that way. Um, do you remember the old like Pentax cameras? Uh, remember we used to, used to have to actually focus it yourself? You know, there's none of this auto-focus. And it used to take some effort. You know, Dad loved his cameras. And, um, you know, he was, a, he was a bit of an avid photographer, my father. And he'd get the old macro shot, you know, the foreground would be in focus and all the background would be blurred. And, but sometimes things didn't go according to plan. Sometimes the focus would be a little bit out. And of course, you didn't know until you got your films developed. There was none of this looking on the screen and saying, oh, well, I don't like that photo. My eyes are closing that photo. Oh, look, I'll use an automatic touch-up to get rid of the red eye from that focus. You had to go and get your films printed. You couldn't even go into the shops. You had to send them off. And then they'd send them back to you in the post about three weeks later. And then you'd realize, oh, I had it on the wrong focus. We went on holidays once to North Wales. Dad's like, Dad, you didn't remember. I knew this was coming. We went on holidays to North Wales, and you only had two types of film, 24 or 
36, all, all the younger generation are going like, what are they on about? They're talking a foreign language. Now you know how we feel when you talk about TikToks. <laughs> and we're in North Wales and we're, we're going around, we're in, we're in Rill, and I think we've gone up Snowden, and Dad's taking these photos. And after about three or four days, Dad's like, I don't know this. This camera just keeps going. I'm taking a photo and I'm going on to the next film. I'm taking a photo and going on to the next film. It just, this film seems to be never ended. Finally, plucked up the courage, because of course, as soon as you open the back of that camera, that film was ruined. He finally opens up the back of the camera. There's no film in there. We've then got to reenact our whole holiday. Dad is running us around real saying, right, remember now you were stood there. And the first picture on the new film is my mother doubled up, absolutely hysterical laughing. That's not even going to do the message, but it was just a funny story. No, but those, those cameras, you had to really work on getting it into the right focus. You know, if the light was wrong, then you'd have a glare. And, if, uh, and it took some, took some while. And what the Lord is trying to get us to understand here is it takes some effort for us to be focused on the Lord. He talks about having that, that single eye. The light of the body is the eye. If the, therefore, the eye be single. And he talks about the single eye. Um, so what does that mean? The eye in this context is actually the gateway to the heart. What goes on in our heart or mind is going to affect our vision or view of life. It's going to, to affect how we evaluate life. You know, when you look at photos like that, we, you know, just from that one photo of my mother absolutely doubled up laughing, I remember that day. I was probably about, I don't know, eight or nine, something like that. I was only, you know, younger. Um, but I remember that day because of that photo. And it's amazing how a memory can be sparked because of, a, because of a picture. And I'm sure each and every one of us has a memory of our childhood, not because we remember it clearly, but because we've seen a photograph of it. And what the Lord is saying here is that the heart, uh, our heart is the eye of our soul. It's through our hearts that God's truth, love, peace, and every other spiritual blessing comes to us. I can ask you another question, and, and this, this, this is going somewhere. How many of you have a garage? You're going to have to get used to saying garage, uh, Chloe, just saying that. How many of you have a garage? Okay. A few of you. Let me ask this question. How many of you have got enough room in that garage to park your car? <laughs> so out of all the people who've got a garage, only two people have got enough room in their garage to park the car. Why? Because it's full of junk. Uh, the garage has become like just an extra storage room. And here's the thing. Satan wants to use our heart like we use our garage. He just wants to fill it with junk. So there's not enough room then for it to be used for what it's designed to use. The garage has been designed to keep the car. But the garage today is not used to store the car. We store stuff that cost us probably about £2.50 each. And probably one of the most expensive things that we own is parked on the driveway. And all our cheap junk is in the garage. Satan wants to fill our hearts with cheap junk to take our focus off the Lord. 
our heart reveals our character, which in turn will be the key factor to determining our priorities. If we allow Satan to fill our heart with so much junk, then the junk of the world is going to become our priority. But if we have that singleness of mind, if we have that, we allow the, the, the single eye, as it were, to focus solely upon the Lord, and it takes some effort to bring that into focus, to make sure there's film in the camera, to make sure that the lighting is right, and we get our heart and mind fixed firmly upon the Lord Jesus Christ, then the heart will be filled with the right stuff. That's why there's a battle for the heart. Satan uh, wants to fill our lives with the wrong stuff. If God has our heart, then he has us. You know, the moment that I saw Joe, she had my heart. And I knew that I was going to spend the rest of my life with her. She didn't know that yet, but I knew it. She took some convincing. It's amazing what chloroform will do. <laughs> but she had my heart. And because of that, I would do anything for her. Well, if the Lord has our heart, we would do anything for him. That would, he would be our focus. He would be our priority. Satan doesn't want God to be our priority. Satan wants everything else in the world to be our priority. We've said, we said last week, nothing wrong with family, nothing wrong with a job, nothing wrong with possessions or material things. But if all of that becomes our priority and it takes precedence over God, then they become idols. They become treasures that we've stored up upon earth and they're going to disappoint us because if our sole focus and hope is in them, then we will be less disappointed. If our sole focus is upon the Lord, guess what? He cannot ever disappoint. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. The word keep means to guard. That's why we have the breastplate of righteousness, to protect the heart. The Lord wants our, our eye or our heart to be single, to be focused and clearly focused on not just on him, but on doing the things that pleases him. What pleases the Lord? It pleases him when we spend time with him, so we have to be focused on that. It pleases the Lord when we read his word, so we have to be focused on that. It pleases the Lord when we witness for him, so we have to be focused on that. It pleases the Lord when we're in his church, so we have to be focused on that. It pleases the Lord when we pray, when we witness, when we are in the center of his will. Singleness, or, or in the Bible, single or singleness represents or is associated with that which is good, which is steadfast. Uh, when speaking about our hearts or our eyes, Colossians 3.22 says, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart. Fearing God. Acts 2.46 says, And they continued, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Um, so it is something which is steadfast. The word single comes from the Greek word haplos, which means that uh, God wants our eye or heart to be clear. 
to be sincere, to be open, to be above board, honest, no hidden agendas. Uh, it's uh, uh, the kind of the way in which we treat other people. That's our attitude. Words that are closely related to haplos mean liberality and generosity. The single eye or the single heart is a generous one. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. That's that word, haplos. James 1.5 says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally. That's that word, haplos. When we are focused on pleasing the Lord, when we have that single eye, that steadfast eye, that steadfast heart, that generous heart, then we'll want to please the Lord. And as a result of pleasing the Lord, we will have the right attitude towards him and the right attitude towards others. The single heart has nothing to hide. You know what? people see with us as believers ought to be what they get. Remember now the Lord is, is, is also talking about hypocrisy in, in this passage, in this greatest sermon he's ever preached. He said, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't pray like the hypocrites. Uh, don't, don't fast like the hypocrites. Don't give like the hypocrites. They mask where it. I want you to be open, honest, generous, have a single eye, to have that single heart. Uh, what you see is what you get. The single heart can see clearly and has a discernment because it's full of God's light. Uh, the light of the body is the eye. If the eye therefore be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. The single eye sees properly. It is clearly focused. If we have that single eye, then we are focused on the right treasures. You know, the Lord is kind of, uh, 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 has, has had one topic lead on to another, lead on to another. It's all been with a purpose. He said, look, if you've got to store up your treasures in heaven, not on earth. And the way in which you can do that is if, if you have a single eye, as it were, that um, you know, the light of the body is the eye, and therefore if the eye be single, the whole body will be full of light. That'll give you what you need to focus on the right thing. You know, let's be honest, you, you really don't know where to focus our attention today. Because the way in which the cost of living is, you know, both parents have to work. Now, that, that was never a thing, you know, years and years ago. Uh, you know, when my parents were growing up, dad went to work, mum stayed at home. Oh, you can't do that today, now that's politically incorrect. But that's what happened. Dad worked, mum stayed at home and raised a family. Well, we recognize that's not possible to do that today now. You know, both sets of parents need to work, and you kind of, you don't know where your focus needs to be. Does my focus need to be on work so I can provide for my family? Does my focus need to be on my family because time is short? Does my focus need to be on the things of the world to make life comfortable? There are so many things. It was somewhat easier for our parents, grandparents, and their parents' generation because there wasn't as much stuff in the world that they had to worry about. I mean, I remember when VCRs came out. Google it. I remember when VCRs... 
I remember the VHS, remember when they came out? We used to have to go to shops, see? Girls, we used to have to go to a shop, and we'd hire a video cassette with a film on. You couldn't have it on demand, but it was just on the telly. You had to go to a shop, get a video cassette, and then that was your film that you could watch. And I remember when VCR, my grandmother was like completely blown away by it. And the amount of times men would go up and explain, dad would never go up because he just thought he had an expensive digital clock in the house, but um, my mum would go up and explain how it, how it would work. And you think of the technology that's in the world today. There's so, so much of it to focus on. So our hearts are kind of split all over the place because the devil even uses modern technology to cause us to take our focus off the Lord. I'm not dissing social media because because of that we're able to get our messages out and people are able to watch the services online and you know and that's great. But as with anything, they can either things can either be used for good or they can be used for bad. And we see that in a lot of things. But there's a lot of stuff in the world that causes us to take our focus off the Lord. Um, you know, how many times? And, and, you know, I'm not asking you, it's between you and the Lord. Does the amount of time we spend reading God's word outweigh the amount of time we spend on social media? Does it matter who had what for breakfast or who's on holidays where more than what God's word has to say to us? But we do. We, we spend a lot of time because our focus can sometimes be in the wrong place. The single eye eh, or the heart is just like the heart of God who loves and cares for others. We are meant to be uh, in, in such, um, again, the word haplos, and let me explain this quick. The word haplos is formed from the root word um, pleco, which means to plait or braid. You know when, when the girls plait their hair and it's like, like one piece, but it looks like three pieces all together. That's what that word means. Uh, so what it's saying is, is that we are to have a single heart, but it's still meant to be plaited or braided with God's heart, so that that one single heart is joined perfectly with the Lord. Psalm 57, 7 says, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. David's heart was resolved and determined to serve the Lord. That's the idea between the word fixed. His heart was one with God. He had that single eye. The light had come in and filled his life. And his single eye, single heart was focused upon the Lord. That was his goal. And we have to make up our minds and, and choose literally who we are going to serve. Just like Joshua did as he drew that line in the sand. And he said to the Israelites, choose this day whom you will serve. If you're going to serve the false gods like your fathers did in Egypt, then go ahead and do that if you're going to serve the Lord then take a stand and serve the Lord but stop doing both pick a side focus your heart and mind upon the Lord Jesus Christ our focus gives us purpose you know when we're really focused on our job we kind of have a new sense of purpose maybe we've gone through the motion sometimes in work and like oh this job is doing my head in. Oh, this is, and then suddenly we maybe have a new project and our heart is focused and then 
kind of breathe new life into our job. But we need to have that excitement because our focus gives us purpose in life. And when our focus is upon the Lord, when we have good and godly spiritual goals, then we have a purpose in building up that treasure that is sent on before us to heaven. Of course, in contrast to a single eye, is double vision. How many of you ever suffered with double vision? You ever had that moment when suddenly nothing is in focus and you're seeing two of things and it's really disorientating, it's horrible. You really don't know where you are. In contrast to the word single is the word double, which the Bible represents or carries the idea of that which is impure, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. James 4, 8, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. 1 Timothy 3, 8, likewise must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre. Psalm 12, 2, they speak vanity, everyone with his neighbor with flattering lips, and with a double heart do they speak. Single good, double bad. When we are seeing double, we are not seeing clearly. That's when we need to refocus our attention upon the Lord. The single eye is the one that is focused on God and can see clearly. The double eye is going to give us dizziness, giddiness, unbalance. We're not going to see clearly. We're not going to know which way, to, which way to go. When our focus is not on the Lord, can I say this decision-making becomes a lot harder? Because we can't see clearly. When we try and seek the Lord's face and say, right, Lord, I've got a decision to make. Which way should I go? You can't, you can't see which way you need to go. You need to readjust that focus and bring it back to the Lord. Maybe you're struggling with being faithful to him. Maybe you're struggling in an aspect of your walk. Maybe you're struggling with a particular sin or an area of your life that you know is not right. Then refocus. Fix your heart upon the Lord. The single eye is the one that is focused upon God and it knows how to have proper priorities and treasure that which is valuable to God. Philippians 1.20 says, According to my earnest expectation, my hope, that in nothing shall I be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. That was Paul's choice. He wanted to serve the Lord. That was the stand that he made. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was the chief of sinners. But when he came to know Christ as his Savior, he refocused his heart, he refocused his mind, he refocused his life, fixed it upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And then there was no gray areas with Paul. He said, you know what? I'm going to serve him. And it doesn't matter what that costs me, whether it's my life, whether it's in death, I am going to serve the Lord, whether it's the popular thing to do, whether it's the right thing by the world to do, whether it's what my family want me to do. It doesn't matter. My focus is on him. But we're so concerned about what other people think. We want to focus solely upon the Lord. Because then people will think differently of us. 
You know, when Paul said about his earnest expectation, the word literally means to be eager, an intense look which turns away from everything else. Nothing else should catch our eye. Can I say this to the married couples? If you were married and nobody else catches you or I like the one you're married to. As a Christian, nothing else should catch our eye. Nothing else should cause us to look and take our focus off the Lord. Paul fixed his eyes on Christ and was determined that nothing uh, that in nothing he would be ashamed by the way he lived. He wanted to be a witness for the Lord. That's the single eye, but then we see the sinful eye. Jesus said in verse 23, But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus said, if your eye is evil, then your whole body is full of darkness. Again, we're talking about the condition of the heart. The word evil is from a Greek word which means vicious, malicious, deceitful, worthless, or degenerate. When used to describe a tree, we would literally say just rotten. In the New Testament, uh, the word, uh, this Greek word, uh, poneros, uh, meant um, a, a, a grudging or um, um, deceitful, or uh, an evil eye was a phrase in use among the ancient Jews even to describe somebody who was envious or covetous, uh, a man who was miserable uh, at his neighbor's prosperity. Again, the Lord's talking about stop focusing on earthly treasures because when we focus on earthly treasures, we will be envious of what others have because we want it. What we should be is if somebody's walking with the Lord in such a way that it causes us to think, oh, I would love to have that kind of walk. That's the way in which we ought to be provoking others to jealousy, as it were. Jesus is dealing with the issue of treasure, and he's going to go on, and we're going to look at it next week, where the Lord says, no man can serve two masters, because you're only going to be able to give loyalty to one. The book of Deuteronomy speaks of the duty of lending to a brother who was in need, but the matter was complicated by the fact that every seven years, those debts had to be released. So, of course, if somebody, you know, God made provision to say, look, if somebody's in need, then, you know, then you lend to them. But if somebody was in need on year six, people would be like, mm, I'm not going to lend to him because next year that debt is going to be wiped out and then I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be out of pocket. The eye or heart was considered evil and generous or stingy in those situations. Deuteronomy 59 says, Beware that there be not as though in thy wicked heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and thy eye be evil against thy poor brother, and thou givest him naught, and he cry unto the Lord against thee, and it be a sin unto thee. Proverbs 23, 6 says, Eat not thou not bread, Eat thou not bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meat. You know, when we look at others'
begrudgingly. It causes a whole host of wrong emotions in our hearts. Because then we start to look with envy. And then we start to get covetous. And then we start to get bitter. And then we start to get angry. Because the Lord hasn't given me that. The Lord hasn't provided me with that. I don't live in as nice a house as they do. I don't drive as nice a car as they do. When we focus on the wrong thing, it has a way of affecting our whole lives. When you look at Luke 16, you find the example of a, a man with an evil eye. In Luke 16, Jesus tells the story of the rich man with Lazarus at the gate. And the rich man refused to show any mercy to that beggar. And ultimately, death came to them both. And the rich man was plunged into darkness. And he just begged for a messenger to go and tell his living relatives the truth that he had failed to see during his life. Materialism and greed will always shut out the light of Christ because things tend to become more important. So, um, you, you look at the, uh, the issue with Solomon in the later years. You look at the issue with Demas who forsook Paul because he loved this world. If we're not careful, then we can adopt the same grasping attitude as the people who have an evil eye. And such a spirit clouds our outlook. It clouds the way in which we, uh, we live our lives, the way in which we conduct ourselves, the way in which we view God, the way in which we view others. And we can become very selfish very quick. When the things of this world are our focus and our treasures, we believe 100% that we cannot be happy without them. You know, my father-in-law always used to say, where you live is just a house. But what you put inside is what makes it a home. And that's the difference. Things won't always make us happy. Because if we rely on things to make us happy, you're going to need another thing when that's lost its use or has worn out. There's a story of a, of a, a king who was so discontented with life that he called in his wise men and asked them if they could help. Their consensus was that if the king could find a happy man, borrow his shirt and wear it for his garment, he would be happy. So a delegation was sent out to find a happy man. They searched and searched and searched and almost gave up. But at last, they found the one happy man in the kingdom. But there was a problem. He had no shirt. He had given his shirt away to somebody in need. Greed, selfishness, covetousness cloud our vision of genuine joy and happiness. Because we're grasping then for things of the world and the things of the world cannot satisfy. They will not satisfy. They do not eternally satisfy. Many men and women have sacrificed everything to accumulate money only. To leave it behind when they leave. In the process of accumulating that wealth, they've lost friends, family, and loved ones along the way. Success is to be based on God's standards. 
and not men. Joshua said, the book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, thou, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Multitudes of people today have poor spiritual vision because they have no idea who the Lord is. They have no idea what he means. They have no idea who he is. Scripture speaks of the unregenerate heart or as the unsaved person as blinded and filled with darkness. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. I wonder if we have the attitude, well, it's my life. And I'll do with it as I please. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Technically, if you know Christ as your Savior, it's not your life. It's His. Because you've been bought with a price. You know, my parents used to say to me, when you were living in this house, you will abide by our rules. can always abide by them, but they never found out. Outwardly, I might have been abiding by the rules, but inwardly, I was breaking every single one of them. You know, we need to recognize that as a child of God, He requires us to live a certain way, to act a certain way. And we make the decision, if you were here tonight, or if you were watching online and you've never trusted Christ, you make the decision to accept or reject him. It's your choice. God won't force himself on you. God won't say to you, look, you need to do this. God has said, look, here's my son. He died on the cross for you. If you want to accept him, then you accept him. If you don't, then I'll see you later at the judgment seat. But you make a decision to accept or reject Christ. If you are a child of God, you make a decision to serve him or not. You make a decision to serve him or to neglect him. And again, the decision's yours. God's not going to force you to serve him. God's not going to force you to be in the center of his will. It's our decision. Our only hope for heaven is the Lord Jesus Christ. And our only hope for any eternal rewards is by serving him and not focusing on the things of the world. Not laying up for ourselves treasures on earth which are just going to rust, are just going to fade away, are going to get corrupted, are going to get stolen. Our focus is to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And the only way we can do that is if we have a single eye. If our heart and mind is focused upon the Lord Jesus Christ, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Father, we thank you again for this day and for this time together. And Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would be that old-fashioned camera and that we would just simply set our focus upon you. Lord, we recognize that we're not a modern camera that has an autofocus that automatically sorts out the light and the background and but as a believer in Christ, we have to make that conscious decision to fix our heart and mind upon you, to focus upon you, 
And Lord, if we do that, then the Lord Jesus Christ says that that light comes through the eye and fills the whole body. As we saw this morning, we are the light of the world. And if we are going to let our light shine, then we have to be focused upon the source of light. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So Father, would you help us to do that today, not to look at the things of this world and get disappointed by what we don't have, but to be focused upon the Lord Jesus Christ and praise him for what we do have. And Lord, I know that that will help us as we seek to serve you. And as a result of that, we might see many more people coming to know Christ as their saviour. So Lord, would you help us to focus on you tonight? Would you help us to have that single eye, as it were, that we might be pleasing to you, that we might live our lives in accordance with your will. And that one day when we get to glory, we might hear those incredible words, well done, good and faithful servant. Father, we pray and ask these things in Christ's most wonderful name. Amen. Amen. We stand and sing our last hymn together. Amen.
appropriate. Thank you, Fred.